0: Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. We're in a bit of a spell with no games for Cardiff City now. No FA Cup game on the weekend, also we, we lost earlier on. And no game for the international break for two weeks. So, something a bit different this week. We're going to be pondering, what does the future hold for Cardiff City? Enjoy. I'm really excited this week to have two brilliant guests joining me. First of all, we've got the original view from the Ninian, Mr. Ben James. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. All good. Perfect. And we've got a special guests this week as well, Mr. Mark Carter. Hi, Scott. How's things? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. No worries, no worries. Obviously, this week, is uh, there's been a bit of a, a week since the game. We've got another two weeks until we play. How are you holding up?
1: Yeah, I'm. i just missing football at the moment. Really, it's um
0: a bit of a weird kind of hinterland
1: between games, and I think the Premier League games at the weekend kind of made me realise that we we should be playing. And I kind of, I think I feel like when you don't play and other teams play, it makes you a bit bit nervous and a bit more kind of aware of where you are on the table. So I just I would, I would like to be getting back to playing football sooner rather than later. Really.
0: Yeah. What about you, Mark? Are you uh, having city withdrawal
2: symptoms? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, it's quite quite interesting to see how Chelsea are getting on. Mind when uh, we haven't got a game, but uh, yeah, I think the uh, the rumours are that sarri has got on, on limited time. I think,
0: and they're they're the one, isn't it, Ben? That you look at and think, out of those big teams that we've got coming up, perhaps that's the scalp.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, a home with a I think it's basically sold out now. It's just going to be a, a big crowd there. And I think there's there's two ways of looking at it really. Either Sarri's going to be gone and the players are going to kind of be pressure free, or they're going to want to get Sarri sacked, so they probably won't put in as much effort as they uh, might normally. And I think that's the one that we we've got to aim for three points there really. I mean, <laughs> if we get three points there, then we can we can do anything over the last month of the season.
0: And just just hope that Agent Kepa's back in goal and uh, he'll sabotage Sarri again.
1: Yeah, with those uh, coconut wrists, I believe they are, that kind, of, that, that kind of weak wrist that he had on the, on the penalty shootout and refusing to go off. It's uh, it's nice to see other clubs going through some drama.
0: <laughs> Obviously, this week, we plan to talk about the future of Carter City and, you know, a few things post-Warnock, war the academy, that type of thing. But the big news that that kind of circulated last night, the rumours, and it's been confirmed today, is that, that Aaron Gunnison's leaving the club. And, and Mark, what what's your reaction to that?
2: Yeah, I was gutted really. I mean, Aaron Goodison's um, a player that I really enjoyed watching. Um, you know, he's he's been here for eight years now, and he's he's seen us through uh, some good and bad times. And um, I think I think um, it's disappointing to see him go. Um, I know there's a lot of people saying that um, they don't like the way he's handled things and things like that, but um, I, th- I think he's earned his chance to, to go where he wants really, and, and get the money that he wants and. Um, take it
0: easy on his body for the rest of his career now yeah and that's it and Ben Mark mentioned there about he's been here the good times and the bad and and he really has has not he you know he joined uh almost eight years ago and mm-hmm. he's with Mackay that first promotion and went through the whole rebrand and you know some some dire times at the club and you know he is a modern city legend in my eyes I mean what, what do you think about what's your view on Gunnarsson
1: yeah i love the guy i think he's um if you you look at his career at cardiff he was pre rebrand he was rebrand post-rebrand and now in the kind of um the the future of cardiff city i think which is what i'm calling this phase now as we look towards um the end of the season and beyond and what comes next And i think I, i won't hear a bad word said against him really he's put his body on the line for us for eight years through championship football premier league football and i think um there was a time you know earlier on this season we really missed him he he came in he kind of solidified that midfield and has contributed like with a couple of really good runs for a couple of goals and I think he deserves to kind of um be able to you know make his own decision and leave when he wants rather than kind of us making a decision for him and I think him I mean he's going to go earn big money over there in in the um golf league and and probably have a a bit of a less testing time on his body which I think he's um he deserves really deserves a rest
0: he does and Mark he's made a real difference this year hasn't he I mean we started pretty poorly to the season and it, it was one of those, you know, where is that first wing going to come? And Gunnarsson came back in against Fulham, I think it was, and, and it straight away made that difference. And, and from then, you know, the side kicked on and, and I think you can look at him as a catalyst. Yeah, absolutely. I think,
2: I mean, all the stats seem to point to the fact that he's with him in the side, we're better with him as well. So um, he's he's the kind of player who who knows where to be at the right time. And, um, and he's shown that with a couple of vital goals. Um, I mean, obviously Forrest last year was, was vital for us. And the first goal against Man City, the last time we were in the Premier League. And, um, he's just, he's just always been a solid player for us. And, and, and every time he's come in, we seem to be a lot more stable. Um, I think probably a few people have, have seen him and, and, and saying that he hasn't got the pace anymore. Um, but, I mean, if you've got the, the football brain that he's got, he he can get in the right positions at the right times, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think that, that, that we'll all... It's one of those things that, that when he's gone, we all realise, you know, kind of what we had in a way. And, and those those doubters will will see how important he was. And, um, you know, we're talking about the future, and, and it begs the question at the end of the season of how thin that centre midfield will be with, you know, Gunnison gone, Arta going back on to Bournemouth, Camarasa back to Betis if if we don't keep either of those and, you know, our permanent mid centre midfield base is looking at Joe Rawls, uh, Bakuna, Damore and Stuart O'Keefe. You know? yeah. <laughs> so it's certainly uh... so those
1: Stuart O'Keefe at the end there real blasts from the past. <laughs> I was actually at the Arsenal game, it was funny, Stuart O'Keefe was stood right in front of us um in in the stand basically with his um partner oh, it was really? really yeah really bizarre i was just, I kind of walked in it's like i didn't even know he was still around Do you know what i mean
0: <laughs> and you almost expect that from you know players that are fan favorites and you know in the team but maybe an injury or or suspension not someone that's had a pretty torrid time since he joined the club you know he's never really been in favor or that popular um, oh, no,
1: he's kind of been. He was at Portsmouth, I think he was at MK Dons as well. I think he's kind of been here, there, and everywhere. But I thought, you know, fair play to him for coming along and and being in the crowd. It was. Yeah. It was he seemed like a really nice guy. So
0: unless he's an Arsenal fan, that's that's probably unless the reason. He's an Arsenal fan, then
1: um, <laughs> he's in the wrong end, and I think the stewards would have to deal with that.
0: <laughs> well, that's Gunnison, You know, he, he's off, and and we're all we'll all miss him, and we all you know grateful for, you know, what he's done for Carter City. But that takes us on nicely and you know, the next page in, in the chapter of Carter City. And we're gonna talk a bit about what the future holds um for Carter City. And Ben, you and I have had, you know, a few chats about Warnock and, in the past and that it very much looks like this is going to be his last season, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I I think it's, it's been probably a bit harder than he anticipated and then I think um you know the whole Salah thing happened. I think there was there was a moment after the Arsenal game where he kind of came out to uh, applaud the f- uh, fans in the first game after the um, Salari uh, tragedy. And he just didn't look like the same person. I think that that whole couple of weeks, that month, where that all went on, has really taken its toll on him. And I think, you know, if he if he keeps us up, I feel like that's him signing off on a high. Really, I think uh, he, he you know he can do what he wants if he keeps us up. And I think he he will move on. I think if we go down, he'll move on. If we stay up, he'll he'll go out on a high. And I think um, I think it's probably the right time for him to do so
0: and if we look back at, at his timing card if you know you said it's been a bit harder than perhaps he anticipated he joined in in October 2016 replacing uh Paul Trollope um who, yep. who had two wins from 11 we were second from bottom in the championship and you know he had a hell of a first you know six months or so in the job and signed the likes of Hoylert and Bamber. um the less said about Shamak and Kieran Richardson the better perhaps <laughs> but you know Took us the twelfth that year. The following season, promoted. You know, the first manager to win eight promotions uh, in the professional leagues. And Mark, there's not much more you can say about him, is it? Other than the impact that he's had at Cardiff City is is greater than perhaps any other manager could.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's been fantastic, and I mean, it, he's always been a manager that I thought would be a perfect match for for Cardiff City. Um, and I think he's also said he's gone on record saying that. He he watched Cardiff City before and thought I I'd, I'd quite like a go at managing them, um, and I think um, I think what he's done is is fantastic. I mean, not just on the pitch. I mean, off the pitch, ev- everything at the club seems so much better now. Um, I think I think the way he, the way he works, um, he gets everybody together as a unit, and uh, that includes everybody at at the club and in sort of um, backroom staff and and. And everybody really around the club is it just feels like it's Cardiff City again.
0: Yeah, and that that's the most important thing, perhaps, Ben, isn't it? You know, all the success on the pitch has been great, but when Warnock does leave, whoever comes in is coming into a club in a ten a million times better state than, than what Warnock found it in.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think um when Warnock came in we were probably still suffering with the hangover of uh I, I don't want to say that Slade was a hangover, but I think that whole Solskjaer into Slade era wasn't the best handled. We'd had the red kit. Things were all over the place off the pitch as they were on the pitch. And I think Trollop was the kind of you know, I think at the time I supported bringing him in because I thought he was a good football man, but he was evidently the wrong man at the wrong time for that job. And I think Warnock just came in, and he, there's something about him that galvanises your team. And I think that's exactly what he did. He came in. I think he saw that the players he had were decent enough. You know, we still had the likes of Sean Morrison. He had people like Bamba um, and Hoylett coming in, and the, the other two that we shall not name. And I think he just he <laughs> took the club from. A position where things were looking really bleak and is just taking it from strength to strength and he's leaving it I think more united um, more focused and I think with a better kind of almost like football grounding that we had before because I think before that we were kind of rudderless and I think he's just grounded us completely in, in a way of playing football in a way of being successful and I think he, he'll be going away and, and leaving that in a you know in a really good shape.
0: I think one of one of the most important things that that happened when he came in was obviously that he united the club and that. But I think he really understood perhaps where the likes of um, Slade and Solskjaer and Trollope struggled. He really understood what the Cardiff people were about. And Marky mentioned about he he said that when he came to Cardiff, he knew he'd want he'd want to manage us one day. Um, you know, Cardiff fans yeah. in general were you know a working-class city, you know, we value hard work and passion from the players, probably more so than, you know, fancy flicks and, and nice football, and, and maybe Warnock in the past has struggled at other clubs because his football footballing mentality and philosophy represents and reflects that, you know, hard work, whereas other clubs perhaps have wanted the the fancy football, but Cardiff fans, I think, on a whole are, are pretty accepting of of crap football. As long as, as long as it's hard work and passion and and dedicated from the players, that's it. I think
2: he, I think he his mentality is that he, he wants to make make team a team a family and 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 I think generally sort of people from the north that family is everything to them and 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 that's that's everything to Cardiff City fans as well. Um, but I think I think you're right. Every Cardiff City fan just wants to see players that give their all and and. Leave everything on the pitch every game.
0: Definitely, definitely, and one of the things that he's, we talk about him leaving the club in a in a better state. And one of the when I was reflecting uh, earlier, doing some research, and I'd forgotten actually of, of how many of the players he got to renew contracts last summer. So regardless if we go down or, or stay up, the new manager's got a really good core of the squad um, who all signed new long term deals last summer, and there's a lot to build on, Ben
1: yeah for sure I think it, it, it showed a lot about who Neil Warnock is and what the kind of state the club was in that he got people like Brian Murphy and Matthew Connolly to sign new contracts even <laughs> though they were probably getting nowhere near the nowhere near the first team and I think he, he, they just wanted to be around a club that's going in the right direction I think there was who, who came back um, who was the guy we had last season Traore who came in and only played three games but yeah. he said that he was just so happy being around the team and I think that's exactly what Warnock builds and I think like you say, you know, going into this summer, yes, we'll have people like Arta Camarasa, and, and Gunnison leaving, but the majority of the squad is going to stay together, and it's going to um, probably stay together for quite a long time. Because I think Morrison's deals a couple of years away from having to be renewed again, and, and, and you know, we signed Bobby Reed and um, Josh Murphy last summer, so we've got a real good core group of players who who kind of know the ethos of the club. Um, know exactly what the club's about and know the fan base and if Warnock stays or goes or or whatever happens this summer we've got we've got players there who are going to stick around
0: yeah and like regardless of what division we're in if we do go down we've got quality players who have committed to the club long term if we do stay up we've got a (laughs) core of of a squad who have got a experience of the Premier League and a relegation battle under the belt that will only serve them better next season so you know the club in general are in are in a really good state and you know where like i said whoever the next person to come in can't take over a, a club in a better state i don't think no i don't think so i think it's just
1: i think from from where we were when he came in to where we are now i think when like you say when he came in we were on our on our heels we were kind of struggling we were you know, a, a club in disarray, and I think he's he's just taking it on two years, and and he's just going to leave it in a solid base, and I think that's th- that's the best we can hope for, especially in the Vincent Tan era, because we've kind of lurched from crisis to crisis. We've had you know changing from red to blue, Russell Slade coming in, Solskjaer coming in, spending loads of money on kind of you know a few players like adam Lefondre who were uh, frankly a waste of time looking back and i think with <clears throat> with with warnock that that he's going to leave it in in such a good position that any manager who comes in might only need to sign two or three players and we're in a really good position whether we're in the premier league to stay up or whether we're in the championship to to fight our way back up
0: we've talked there about you know who when someone comes in coming in a good position and you know we could speculate all day about um You know who the next person to come in should be, Um, but Mark, I just want to get a feeling of for you for the next manager of Cardiff City. What are the priorities? What would you be looking out for? And um, you know, what would you want from the new manager?
2: Um, Well, I mean, it's a massive decision. Whatever happens, and I think the the main factor, obviously, is where we're going to be. Um, I think if if we stay up, I think the decision probably is going to be a lot harder than. Than if we go down, I think I think there's going to be a lot of managers available if we go down that that quite fancy sort of taking taking us on to get us back up again. Yeah. Um, I personally think sort of um, someone like Darren Moore, who I think has been really hard done by at West Brom. Yeah. Um, I think uh, obviously there's players, people like Neil Harris, doing a fantastic job at Millwall, despite the fact he's on limited resources. Um. Or do we give a chance to someone like Mike Mike Flynn or um, somebody up, more up and coming? Yeah, um, I think I think if we stay in the Premier League, I think we're going to be looking again at somebody who's who's good at getting results from from limited resources because I don't think we're going to be spending a lot again um, with our financial situation. Um, I just wonder whether we could tempt someone like Gasparini from Atalanta. Yeah who's um who's done a superb job there and got them into Europe with with very little uh resources there. Um but I mean the the priority I think for us, I think is gonna be getting Manga to sign a new contract 'cause with with Bamber out injured now and not not sure whether he's gonna be back in. I think Manga's gonna be huge for us next season.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right, and he's you know, he's been huge this season and I'm I'm sure that He'll have plenty of suitors uh, you know maybe back in France and other Premier League teams offering maybe more money than he's on here Um, yeah so it'd be you know I agree a priority to get get him signed up and Ben I mean I always thought that that Craig Bellamy would be the next Cardiff manager (laughs) after after Neil Warnock probably like a lot of a lot of Cardiff fans did and I mean I'm not even sure what's going on there now I know that investigation kind of got a bit sidetracked by the, the the Salah tragedy but i mean i have not seen any update of whether he's still being investigated of you
1: no, I haven't seen anything i think um the 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 update that i was I thought it was was that he was suspended because it was a formality that the investigation was going ahead, but I haven't seen if that investigation's been concluded or or what the next steps are. but yeah, I agree. I thought he was going to be the man to come in perhaps alongside um the director of football or or someone um to kind of sit alongside him and And kind of be the the level head shall we say to bellamy's hot head um but i thought yeah sure as hell that i thought bellamy was gonna be the man to take us forward but um i mean that remains to be seen right
0: yeah yeah and it would certainly be be interesting and what i would say about bellamy is that i think he would transform the club again in that i can't remember if it was this season or, or last season that he was on sky sports doing a cardiff game and and was critical of of the um the style of football that we were playing, yeah. you know, even though he's an employee at the club, he very clearly has a way that he thinks football should be played, and you know, he's been over and and to Ajax Academy and stuff like that, studying how they develop their club and their youth system, and I think he would he would try and bring that into Cardiff.
1: For sure, and I think I, you know, I I, I hear um, I've heard rumors about the way he interviewed for Wales and a, a, a few conversations around that, and I, I I do believe that he's an absolute student of the game. I think he's very thorough in, in what he does. He he knows who his best players are, and he knows probably how to get the best out of them. And I think he knows almost a, a few years in advance who the next players who are going to be coming through are. And I think he's just the kind of person who wants to know what's going on in France, what's going on in Holland, and how can he apply elements of that to his game and how he's going to coach players. And I think. It's it's uh I think it's a, a really good trait that he's outspoken. I think that if he came in he would he would have a system in mind and he'd have a way that he wants to play. And I think as as much as it would be good football, I think it would be combative and, and passionate football and it'd be the kind of football that we like, intermixed with that kind of um sexier football, shall we say, than we play under Warnock.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that that Bellamy and we'll come on to the club as a whole, but you the, perhaps one criticism, and, and not criticism, but maybe a slight mark on on Warnock, would be that some of him his methods can be outdated. And we, you know, Benny, you've talked and be, spoken before about um, you know a director of football and a whole recruitment mm-hmm. model and, and and team. And you know the likes of uh, Brighton in the Premier League or um, Brentford in the Championship have have put these whole analytical departments mm-hmm. and recruitment strategies beyond statistics and. And Warnock, you know, our chief scout is is one of Warnock's mates. You know, yeah. Um, that's uh, what I... you could see Bellamy bringing in, couldn't you? Transform the club that way as well,
1: for sure. And I think uh, Warnock's approach to transfers is best summed up by how we signed Camarasa. We went to watch um, Bournemouth in a, a pre-season friendly. Saw that Camarasa was playing for Betis, and that he looked good. And we we made an offer for him. It was it was a bit of a stroke of luck, really. And I think. <laughs> I think if Bellamy is the kind of person who's going out to places already like Holland and like Ajax to see what they're going on, I think he'll have he'll be there taking notes on players who might be able to benefit him in the future. And he'll be forging those links with other clubs, which means that you can have those reciprocal relationships. So instead of going, you know, wildly swinging out there for loans, he can call up someone at Ajax where he knows they've got a really good academy and a really good kind of footballing brained players coming through and just say, you know, can we loan him for a year? Can we get him in for a year? And and it's more likely to come around that way. And I think that's an, a really important thing in, in in modern day
0: football. Glenn Leuven's Mark two from the, from Holland. Exactly, sexy Dutch football. <laughs> what, what more could you want? Yeah. And Mark obviously Bellamy's done his time in in the academy, and you know we'll come on to to the youth network in Cardiff uh, later on in the podcast. But you know, educating those younger players of, of his style of play, and then you know surely you'd see more young players coming through to the first team with with Benamy in charge
2: yeah I think so um, I, I think um, I think unfortunately with the with the youth thing um, at the moment is we've gone through a period of restructure in, in that sense and I, I think it is going to be a little while until we start seeing sort of usual roles and and players like that coming through to the first team again um, but I mean there are players there I mean I think they're just um, maybe sort of a little bit too young at the moment to um to break through but but I think I think the future is good I think the the way we've set up now I think I think it allows us to to um create these players and 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 um and I th- I think we'll uh, we'll start seeing a few more come through now when you just got to look at Swansea they I think it, having an extended period of time at the top flight as well obviously helps your development because they play at a higher level
0: yeah
2: um so I th- I think we we'll, we will we will see it
0: yeah, and I'm aware for for those listening, perhaps that that these conversations are are very sort of um, hypothetical, and and you know we don't even know if we're going to be in the Premier League next year or not, and and perhaps it's a bit premature having these conversations, but um, you know there is this big question around what happens post Warnock, and. For me, I think, you know, Warnock very much is the identity of, of Carter City and it's hard to think of anything without him. And, you know, I'm really interested in, you know, these, these different recruitment and development models like the, the likes of uh, Brighton and Brentford and, um, you know, the Ajax one recently, you know, with obviously they beat Real Madrid and reading these things about them planning you know they knew that this was gonna happen because they've been you know this model of getting these players into the young team from sixteen seventeen um and I think that in the modern age probably clubs need to be a bit smarter about their recruitment than than they used to be, so I mean that's kind of a bit of context about you know these this podcast and you know how hypothetical it potentially is, but it's always good to have these discussions ben isn't it about you know the future and what could happen next.
1: Yeah precisely and I think um, especially in 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 modern football we say that wait like exactly what you say everyone's planning that far ahead and I think if I think to be planning just a, a couple of weeks or a couple of months ahead isn't enough anymore I think a lot of clubs out there are looking at at the start of the season they are and this is what we do in Jan- uh, in the summer as soon as august comes around and that transfer window closes it's on to january and it's on to the next thing and I think if if we don't do that and then we're in danger of getting caught out and I think you you need to create that succession plan otherwise it'll just fall apart because I think if we if we're if we're in a position now where the club behind the scenes doesn't know perhaps that Warnock's going to quit or retire there should be a kind of a contingency plan being put into place and I think the the Gunnison thing is a prime example of, of that really I think you know everyone's a bit why we announced Gunnarsson leaving now why is it announced now it could derail our season the club would have known about this probably from last summer which means things won't be so upsetting when they do come around and I think if you're if you're doing that behind the scenes you should kind of be doing it in public as well a little bit to kind of ease the the, the pressures in that sense
0: yeah definitely and one of the things ben, I know that you before the podcast you you spoke to me about and um, we'll touch it now is the board and you know you're quite a strong believer aren't you that there should be a, a football person so to speak on the board.
1: Yeah I think uh, whether that's someone who exists on the board now who, who's learnt quite a lot about football over the last couple of years but I think one of the big problems and the biggest kind of <clears throat> seemingly differences between Malky Mackay and Vincent Tan amongst probably a million things but one of the most public disagreements was obviously over Andreas Cornelius and I think as, as much as Cornelius didn't turn out to be a good signing, and it, it was a, a probably a, a failure in that sense, I think if if there had been a football person on the board who would have kind of tried to understand what Mackay was doing by signing a young player who was going to come in and probably you know, could have been a striker for sort of five years down the line and, and grow into the role, then I think that would have eased the tensions a little bit. And I think that's what I think the club might have learned over the last couple of years, really, with Warnock being there. They haven't needed someone on the board to be so football-focused. But if Warnock goes, I think they're going to need to have someone on the board who is just... A football brain really which is why I think the director of football role might work quite well because you just need someone in the boardroom who's going to understand transfers a bit better who's going to understand the processes a bit better and understand why we need to be scouting in certain regions and that kind of thing and it, it, it just eases the, the tensions really a little bit between management and board level because they have a, a better understanding of exactly what's going on and exactly what's needed and, and the thought processes that go behind it.
0: Yeah and, and looking at you know the current board and Mehmet Dalman and Ken Chu have, have done an unbelievable job and you know particularly with the the uh, you know the salad tragedy they handled themselves you know with the utmost respect yeah. and dignity um, yeah. but looking looking through the boards so you've got Dalman who's an investment banker Ken Chu who you know is a businessman he's a CEO of, of a luxury car dealer as well as at the city Steve Borley's still there, obviously local businessman we all we all know quite well. Um two pronunciations I'll probably get wrong here. Derek Chi Seng Chin, who who's a lawyer, and Datuk Marco Ronaldo Maria Caramella. Mario Caramella, sorry. Yeah. I didn't know we had a Ronaldo at, at Cardiff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I mean he was born in Cardiff, but you know, he's a successful businessman in Malaysia and you know that board to me reflects Vincent Tan's, you know pedigree is a businessman not a, not a football man mark what's your view on that
2: yeah i think um i think we do need somebody uh, who knows football on the board um i think i think we've got a great a uh, great couple of leaders there in in Mehmet and, and Ken Chu i think Kent uh, particularly is is great at sort of mm. um, making everybody at the fe- at the club feel like they're part of the club and i think he's he's gone on record before saying that that's that's how he likes to do business he likes people to be involved and and feel um, feel like they're really part of something Um, but I think I think we do need somebody who can who can advise everybody on on the football world Um, I think I think obviously Ken and Mehmet um, are are learning and they've learned from our previous um, previous experiences of the Premier League but I think I think um, it'd be Advisable, and I don't know whether Neil Warnock would stay on in in some sort of capacity after he leaves. Or, um, but I think we do need a voice in their ear, really, just to sort of point him in the right direction and and, um, and what Cardiff fans would want.
0: Yeah, Ben, this isn't a criticism at all of of the board, is it? You know, and looking at Cardiff City as a business, you know what Dalman and Kentu and the and the board have been doing. Yeah. remarkable and you know you even just look to um, the end of last week or this week when the season ticket prices were released and you know the good will and, and the respect that they've had for the fans keeping the prices you know at a reasonable level maybe small increases for some, some even you know a drop in prices yeah. and the feel around the club while Warnock has had a lot to do with that as a business as a, a, a communications you know vehicle the club has improved remarkably in that sense as well
1: Oh, massively so. And I think um I you know Mehmet dalman has been there for quite a long time, but I think Ken Chu has had a lot to do with that. I think he's 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 a bit reminiscent of um was it Dato Chan when when Tan yeah. first came in, and Chan was always with the fans walking around the ground. And that's you see that with Ken Chu. I remember um we went to it was a game, I think just before Warnock came in, there must have been the season before it was around Christmas time, and we went to the club shop. And he was just in the club shop and we ended up talking to him. And he just handed over a full kit to my friend, who he was living in New York at the time. And he said, Oh, and you know, I spend a lot of time in New York. And, and Ken Chu just went, Oh, what size are you? My mate told him the size. And Ken Chu said, There you go, there's a kit. Wear it in New York and advertise Cardiff City for us. And I think, <laughs> Amazing, it's, yeah, nice. it's those little touches that show that he gets the club and he gets exactly what goes into the club. And he kind of is on the level with the supporters in that sense. And I, yeah, I, I don't want it to be um seen as a criticism at all. I think it's it's that the club's in such a great shape now and it's down to the people who are on the board that have done that. It's just that if 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 Warnock goes and we're kind of stuck in that hinterland for a little bit, it's it's just that bridging the gap that I think that I do worry about a little bit. And it's it's it could be a minor thing, but uh, you know, if we if we get the wrong manager in and, and things don't work out then I'd like to see something like that change.
0: Yeah and it it might be, Mark, that that all of this this conversation and even the you know, the focus on Cardiff's transfers is heightened, being in the Premier League and comparing us to to the other 19 teams with bigger budgets and, you know, um, recruitment and stuff like that. Perhaps if we were in the Championship, there'd be less focus on this and, you know, almost the, the scattergun approach that, that Ben spoke of with the Camarata and stuff like that would be more acceptable. But when you start to compare to, you know, obviously the big guns, Arsenal brought in their head of recruitment after Wenger left and Liverpool have this famed transfer committee even Bournemouth have a 10-man recruitment team and Brighton have Tony Bloom, who's a mathematician with the club recruitment and their head of recruitment shares an office with Chris Hutton and the CEO and its emphasis on player evaluation. And so I think that's heightened, isn't it? That we're now comparing to these clubs who have this amazing uh, infrastructure for recruitment and maybe we're looking a little bit outdated or or out of touch.
2: Yeah, Um, and I I think... um also the fact that we we got promoted a year earlier than we probably predicted um at, at the start of um this season and um <clears throat> i think um yeah i think i think it's just going to take us a bit of time to catch up catch up really because we seemingly were we on the slide um i think and since we came down from the premier league last season last um last time i think we were, we were on a bit of a slide and i think it's going to just going to take us a bit of time to to recover from that, and I think um, Warnock and the board have been been great in getting us back back on an upwards curve now, and and we need to start looking at other clubs now and how other clubs are doing things and and how we can how we can improve as a club and 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 make our stay in the Premier League a lot a lot longer.
0: Yeah, and all of this then feeds into a conversation about Cardiff's identity, and and I touched earlier, and I'm a strong believer that Neil Warnock is. The identity of Cardiff City at the moment you know you ask a Millwall fan a Brighton fan anyone to think of Cardiff's identity and I'm pretty sure that they would describe Warnock so it begs the question of once he leaves you know Cardiff losing that identity um I've, i I I do know what you're saying but I think
1: I, I think it's up to us as fans to carry it on really I think Warnock does his best, you know, after every game. So I listened to the fans. They were magnificent. And I think the fans have found their voice again this year. I think for, you know, the the seasons under Solskjaer, then Slade, and then the first couple of months under Trollope, the, the ground was barren, you know. I, I, you'd go to games and it was silent. And I, I understand that being in the Premier League is probably you know, got a lot to do with that and it brings it back. But I think we've, as a, as a fan base, we're, we're singing again. We've got, you know, the LA LA, LA song, which we probably sing too much, but it yeah. gets everyone going in the ground. And I think I've gone to several away games this year where the atmosphere has been, you know, I think it was Everton away. We would loud. you know, the, the ground was silent apart from us. Arsenal away, same again. I think the fans have got their voice back again. And I think that's what Warnock, has brought to the club. Yeah, I, you know, everyone else from the outside is looking and going, it's, it's a Warnock club. That's, that's their identity. Warnock's the guy there, but I actually think the fans can, can take that on and, and become, you know, have their own voice again. And I think that, be known for the, the kind of the raucous atmospheres that we used to be known under Sam Haman for. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess my my point perhaps is that, you know, when Warnock does go and we've talked about the likes of, say, Bellamy coming in, who would have this totally different idea and try and develop mm-hmm. his own identity, we might come at a bit of a crossroads in a way. And it's something that, you know, our, our lovely friends down the road in Swansea struggled with a bit from, you know, under Rodgers and, and Martinez having this attack in expansive football to then... Um, you know the likes of um, who was it? Paul Clement maybe came in yeah. and, and really changed that that style, and, and they lost their identity a bit. And you know we might see something similar, Mark, in that you know if the next man does come in and tries to play, you know this fancy football, and and we're not ready for that as a club.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think if I'm honest, I, th- I think Cardiff has always had that identity, but I think, um, I th- I think. Warnock reignited it in us I think um I think we've always always had that that style. the Cardiff style has always been the warnock style really yeah um and I think he just reignited the fans and 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 got everybody behind him again um I think yeah, I think better, I mean better, I got no problems with Beny coming in because i think I think he knows exactly what Cardiff fans want and he knows he knows football and i I, I would have no problems with him. Coming in because I think he would know exactly how to keep us on that line.
0: Yeah, and this is the point with Bellamy as well is that throughout his career, he's played for managers who maybe haven't played football that he agreed with. You know, Mackay at Cardiff, the the football wasn't great. You know, at Liverpool, he played for Benitez, who you know was a quite you know negative or or cautious manager. Mark Hughes, you know, is hardly Pep Guardiola. Um, but. And I think you're right there about Cardiff and, and perhaps our identity is Warnock's identity as well in, in that he just, just awoke that again. Um, and, you know, I was trying to think then about, you know, I'm 26 and I've been going down Cardiff since about two or three and uh, you know, a bit older, three or four. I can't remember a manager playing particularly great football. Dave Jones was, was probably best in that sort of yeah, Bothroyd Chopper era. But, yeah. you know, even that wasn't, was hardly Barcelona. You know, there was still some doggedness to, to that team and, and I think you're right but I, I guess for me as well one of the things that that when I think of identity and I think of you know like I mentioned I'm a big big fan of watching what Ajax have done and you know Lyon are doing it at the moment in France and Southampton have done it recently and that that real youth development and, and the academy feeding into um Feeds in into the first team, and and we've not seen it for for a number of years. Joe Rawls is is the last one, and you know he was he was bought in um of fairly still young, but was he about sixteen, something like that when he joined the academy?
1: Yeah, I think he came across at sixteen from was it Aldershot?
0: Aldershot, yeah, was Aldershot. I think, was it was the him and one other, but I can't remember who the one other was from from Aldershot. Maybe I've, <laughs> I've imagined that, but yeah, you know, before that, it seemed it seemed like we had a great. Little production line wasn't it you know from you know when I was growing up the likes of Earnshaw and um, people like that then through to Gunter, Ledley, Ramsey you know Cameron Jerome came through the Academy again like Rawls at a, a later date but since Rawls we've not really seen anyone was it have we you know Mark Harris has, has flirted now and then but you know is he good enough I'm not sure.
1: I think there was that 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 second season under Ole and Solskjaer we went to we played a cup game I think it was against Northampton and we had people like Jazzy Barn and Bob playing at right back and uh, yeah because it was a great name but um, evidently (laughs) he was not a great player because I think he's playing for Chelmsford (laughs) or something now Um, and I think there was there was a a time under Solskjaer it looked like he was flirting with doing that a bit more you know kind of there was a few players on the on, this cup of, on the cusp of things. It was I think Oshilala, Oshilaja, sorry, um, yeah. who's now at Wimbledon. He was mm. he was kind of on the cusp of coming in and that kind of thing. And and then all of a sudden, it kind of just stopped. And I think this season was never going to be the season for bringing through youth players. I think, you know, Reese Healy's come in and obviously we signed him from outside, but he's he's as close as we've got at the moment as the last kind of youth player coming in alongside Joe Rawls And I think, I think that, you know, we have an academy for a reason. I think if if we're not going to use it or if, if players aren't coming through, then we need to probably need to revisit why that is. And if players are coming through the academy and they're not good enough, then there's probably a problem with the academy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's why Warner, when Warner came in, he's, he kind of restructured it. Uh, he, he said, I think that he went on record saying that there was there were too many 21 to 24 year olds who weren't yeah. really going to uh, break into his team. Um, and, and so he, I think a lot of our players are now kind of stuck at that, that, 18, 19 age where they they're not quite ready to, to to get into the team yet, but but there's there's quite a bit of potential there maybe.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you're right there. And I was looking at um you know how the youth teams are doing, and our under 23s um, are perhaps the ones that I'm not sure how old actually the, the average age amongst that squad is. They beat Hull on the weekend, but they're out of ten teams in the um, English Professional Development League South. Um, you know, so maybe it's a case of it's too late for them to, to break through and you know that's no disrespect to them there might be some very good footballers in there um but you know for our for the level we want to be at maybe they're not they're too late developing but the under 18s they they beat leeds 2-0 um in their last game and they're they're first out of 10 teams in their league so there's clearly some really talented players in there and um you know maybe that's the next batch that that'll come through
1: I, th- I think there's just a general... For me, from from uh, the last couple of years, there's a bit of com- confusion about the, the the youth players and, and the players... Because Warnock has signed quite a few players who are quite young. You know, he signed people like James Waite, um, who's just coming up to 20 years old. He signed that guy from Ireland in January who's come in on loan. But they don't seem to get anywhere near the first team. And it's kind of... I think... Warnock has got the right idea about reforming the youth teams but he's also got a bit of a, a confusing approach himself to these these young players I think w- w- if we're signing these youth players from outside surely they, they should be special enough to come in to, to kind of even threaten the first team but that's just an aside really I just I was just thinking about James Waite then because I know he, he came in I think over the summer or, or a couple summers ago and he's kind of not had a look was it Cameron Cox as well Yeah, um, another another youth player who's come in and I think he's gone out on loan now and it's just a, it's confusing that we would sign all these youth players who then don't really go on to do
2: anything. Yeah, especially as soon as we've had a bit of a crisis at front as well, and yeah. a bit of crisis at right back, and we haven't actually given them a chance and tried it. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen maybe maybe Cox or or um, I think uh, is it Isaac Davis? Maybe, yeah. Maybe just just having a go. Um, Which is why I quite like Reese Healy being in there as much yeah. as.
1: People don't seem to, you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be the guy who leads leads the way. But I think, you know, bringing him off the bench and and giving him fifteen minutes, if we're if we might be chasing the game and we need a striker, or we might be three nil down, and it, it gets him experience and gets him versed in, in 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 the highest level of football.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you know, a lot of people are uh, are in, you know, calling for Danny Ward all the time. And you know, Danny Ward did did pretty well when we needed him, but. Again, I don't think he's he's quite Premier League level. So I'd personally rather see Reese Healy come on for 15 minutes and and get that experience and benefit long term than than perhaps someone like Danny Ward. And um, it, it's a difficult in the academy, isn't it? And admittedly, I don't know about you guys. I don't watch too much of of, of the academy games. I watch some some uh, some games on on the you know, Cardiff City TV, the highlights. So I don't have too much of informed opinion. But when I was going through the the squads list earlier and um, Obviously, the there's the agents' two sons. What, what was the agent's name? Um, MacKay, isn't it? MacKay. Yeah,
1: James and James MacKay's his son.
0: His his son was there, and wasn't his other son there as well at one? Paul MacKay, is it? Yeah, I think yeah. so.
1: They were both there, weren't they? Yeah. I think one of them's just gone on loan to Chesterfield or something. Um, yeah. Window is. I mean, it's murky, isn't it?
0: It is. But then Warnock's sons there as well. Martin Margaretson's sons there as well. Isn't, isn't Bellamy's son
1: in there as well? I think he, so,
0: he, yeah. he, he definitely used to be. I'm not sure he's still there, but yeah, he, he used to be. Is it Ellis Ellis this, son? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I was reading, I was thinking, God, are these, you know, it, not as anything dodgy, but, you know, are they just there because of, you know, who they are? And, you know, that begs the question then if that is the case of how serious is, is the academy being taken? But, exactly. you know, with the under 18s doing well, it, it seems to be, you know, they may be the the next batch, and you know we'll see a few of them next season. But then we've not really had this season. Definitely wasn't the the time to to bring uh, any in. I don't think. Rather than the odd cameo, and you know, since warnock has been at the club, it's been you know every game has been really important, hasn't it? From from survival yeah. in that first season to then chasing promotion, survival again.
1: Uh, yeah, I think you know if as Mark said earlier, we we got kind of got promoted a year earlier, and I think if if we hadn't got promoted last year or if we, we'd been in mid-table, I think we would have seen more of people like Reese Healy. We would have seen more of people like Isaac Davis or you know similar players who were at the club. And I think, as it is, we've just had a two-year whirlwind where every, it kind of went from zero to 100 and then went to about 150. And, and now we're in this position where we're, we're in a really good chance of, of staying up. And I think you have to agree to some extent with Warnock's approach in that sense that this isn't the time to be blooding youngsters. But I think... Mm. I think there just needs to be, if we like, I, like I said earlier, if we have this academy, we need to use it. And I think, especially in a, in a small footballing nation, the onus is is on us more than more than anywhere else really. Because I think in in England they've they've kind of turned a corner. I think and they are bringing through a lot of youth players. You know, you see Hudson odoi going through to the, um, the full team now. And I think Gareth Southgate's got the right idea in that sense. And I think. I would like to see a bit more of that from Cardiff City and a bit more kind of ownership of, of Welsh football from the club because I think we, we used to have a rich history with it. You know, Darcy Blake was in the squads. Earnshaw was always in the squad. We'd have, you know, we, we blooded Ramsey, Gunter, and who have gone on yeah. to be stalwarts for Wales. And I would just like to see that again because I think uh, Swansea have got a couple of really good young Welsh players coming through now and I'd like to match that, really. I just think it's it's important for, for a nation of limited footballers to do that
0: yeah and you look at you know the current Welsh squads, and there's a few there that that were Cardiff City Academy graduates from Gunter and um, even someone like Tom Locchio came through the Cardiff yeah. Academy and um, Declan John's in there who else have we got I'm not sure, Leslie's not in there, Matondo yeah Ramsey you know so that that's evidence of that really good system that, that we seem to use to have and it's I always think it's a shame and you know I love the Welsh international team and the international breakers uh, as much as I'm sure you guys do and but I'd love to see a, a Cardiff player in there.
1: Yeah, and I think with 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 a few kind of key players in in the current Welsh squad on their way out if you look at Ashley Williams, you look at um you know, I, I hate to say it but Chris Gunter's 29 now and I think he'll be he'll be a couple of years away from looking on his way out. We need to start filling those gaps and I think it should be on a a club like us to, to be leading the way in that sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, guys. Well, we'll leave it there. It's been really interesting speaking to you both about you know what the future might hold for for Cara City and you know the focus now is obviously on the last you know seven or eight games and, and, and survival. Um, but you know into the summer and beyond, it'll be interesting to see what will happen with the club. And and Ben, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: Uh, you can find me at a multitude of accounts. Um, the original <laughs> at, at View from the Nin, which is the original View from the Ninian account, or you can find me at Benjamin James twenty seven. The twenty seven, of course, for nineteen
0: twenty seven. Perfect, and Mark. What about you? Mine's at Mark Lewis Carter. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you very much. Hopefully, uh, have you both on again fairly soon. Cheers, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for listening to View from the Ninian. We're for fans, by fans. You can catch more like this at viewfromtheninion.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure you check us out. Come on, City.